Hello, Tesla Nation. You're watching the Tesla Life with your host, Mark Goblin. I can't hear you, Mark. <laughs> you have to unmute. Maybe that'll work better then. There we go. There he is. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the show. Uh, here we are, the uh, Tesla Life number 262 for the 13th of July, 2022. Welcome to the show. And as you can see, my good friend Patrick has joined me for the show. How are you today, sir? I'm good. If you are a Tesla driver in Oregon, things are uh, going to get a lot better. We've got that big supercharger station coming in Sutherland we talked about. Uh, we have a new service center that's going to be opening. It's, it was just a rumor, but now it looks like it's true. The sign's been up there for a while. Um, it's near Washington Square on the west side of Portland. And uh, if you know the greater Portland area at all, that's we call it Silicon Forest. That's the high tech side, and uh, so that's where a lot of the Teslas are. It's where their initial service station was. Their initial one was in Tigard, and uh, then they moved down to South Waterfront, which is just a pain to get to with traffic. So uh, now they're going to have another one on the west side, where it should have always been, and uh, so that'll be great for uh, for us uh, Tesla owners over on the west side. There, pretty cool. Fantastic. The network getting better every week. That's that's yes. what we like to hear. Uh, you'll notice that uh, our other co-host, Mr. Casey Green, over to the blank box on this side. No, nope, this side. <laughs> is, uh, he is uh, he's in the middle of uh, traveling. Uh, so Casey has joined us virtually at this moment. But uh, once he gets uh, to his destination and, and uh, plugs in his laptop, he'll be joining us on another camera. So uh, we'll start without him uh, to uh, get the show rolling. But uh, Casey should be joining us as the time permits. But, but uh, let's start off uh, with uh, the first story of the week. And this, of course, is the Boring Company. They have indicated that uh, going forward with the new Vegas Loop, uh, which of course only uh, a little part of it has been built at this point, uh, they uh, will be accepting uh, Dogecoin. So uh, they're looking at uh, of uh, taking fares somehow uh, using Dogecoin, uh, most likely through some sort of application or something that they're going to have uh, for drives. Right now, of course, the rides are free. It's all through the convention center. Although I don't know how they're handling the rides from the convention center over to the uh, hotel um, World Resorts, uh, which is uh, the latest um, tunnel that just opened. Uh, maybe that's included uh, as part of the um, uh, convention run, and there's no real charge for that. Uh, all you need is a badge to ride uh, the uh, tunnel system today. But uh, in the future, of course, the other 55 stops that they're going to start to, to to dig out, uh, those stops are going to be handled uh, in a way that uh, you'll be able to pay a fare to go between stops. So uh, that will be uh, something that 
it probably will hand, be handled in a number of different monetary ways. Uh, there will probably be different ways to pay for it. But uh, they have indicated that uh, they're going to use the crypto and uh, start uh, giving you that option to pay in that way as well. So uh, interesting announcement from uh, the Boring Company. Yeah. app i know there's a different company but uh imagine if they did that and every tesla owner had a doge wallet <laughs> all of a sudden <laughs> exactly exactly uh it's it's probably you know that definitely gonna be some sort of app because of course once they get rid of the the driver and it is an autonomous uh, vehicle for the underground tunnel uh there's going to be a way to say which station you're going to and of course right. you pr probably press it on the app and then it'll say oh that's going to be uh you know that's going to be a buck and a half or it's going to be five dollars depending on how far it is or, or 20 doge whatever it is in doge i have no idea <laughs> what the what the uh, current uh what the current uh, currency is uh trading at so uh that would be interesting now we just got to note that the video and audio is breaking up um i did see a bit of a flutter but it looks like we're okay now uh yep. those in the chat room hockey day derek uh, David, let us know if you're getting the audio and video fine. Next story, Patrick's got one about how far in front Tesla is when it comes to batteries. That is right. So this comes to us from Tesla Roddy um, and is titled, Tesla still leads battery EV market by a mile. So you might have heard some, some vicious rumors to the contrary that uh, BYD was was leading. And that's, um, there were a lot of headlines that were um, misleading. Let's just put it that way. Because uh, BYD released their numbers and they included plug-in hybrids. And so, yes, if you looked at, looked at that, um, then Tesla was not leading. But this article shows clearly that um, Tesla is out ahead by a mile. So BYD's shipped over just, just over 300,000 in the first half, whereas Tesla's over 550,000 in the first half. And then it drops down from there with the others, um, SAIC, VW, Hyundai, Xpeng, um, not even half of what uh, Tesla's doing. So uh, there you go. The uh, Let's put those rumors to rest. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it seems like it's an attention grabbing um, title like the that mm -hmm. uh, we had seen earlier in the week, and anytime you can put Tesla in your own title, that seems to draw people. So uh, all the other companies are quite happy to spout something about how we will overtake Tesla, or we're faster <laughs> than Tesla, or or we have a more a longer battery range. Uh, mm -hmm. It's all. It's all up for grabs. As long as you add Tesla to your headline, you'll get some clicks and views. So uh, right. that's what I believe this is. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of interesting. Uh, this comes from uh, Tesla Roddy as well. Um, Elon uh, earlier in the week made a tweet asking about what people thought about an autonomous van. And of course, this kind of ties in, I believe, with the Boring Company, uh, because uh, I believe that they're going to need a a larger vehicle to take more people, as opposed to just a, a Model X. Um, and uh, 
Elon had, of course, he got a bazillion uh, replies along with the typical <laughs> doge. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many replies that make no sense whatsoever. Uh, people just uh, replying whenever they can. So, um, yeah, he's uh, he talked a little bit about uh, uh, a high-capacity band uh, that would uh, be autonomous. Uh, so there'd be no, you know, steering wheel or uh, ability to uh, steer the car. Uh, just going to put passengers inside of it. So uh, there was a, a couple of uh, art uh, pieces that were put up. And these, of course, weren't Tesla images. Uh, they were people just taking a stab at it, you know, with the a van with suicide doors that uh, looked like it had 20 seats on the inside of it. So... Again, we've been talking about a, a, a high-capacity vehicle for quite some time here at the Tesla Life. There's been there's been so many indications that that is the way they are wanting to go at some point. Remember mm -hmm. the uh, the uh, boring company's bid uh, for uh, the um, Southern California Airport, um, Ontario Airport uh, in Southern California, uh, where we're actually in the contract. They'd indicated a vehicle that would take 20 people and would have luggage uh, for that amount of people as well. So obviously it's something that they've been thinking about it for a long time. But like everything else today, as they were yesterday, as they probably will be tomorrow, Tesla is battery constrained at this point. So right. they've, they've got many different irons in the fire. They're trying to ramp up production of their best-selling vehicle. And mm -hmm. they're not wanting to add multiple new cars uh, to the list uh, with not them not being able to fulfill them. So we've got all these things going on, and it's just a, a problem of, uh, of uh, capacity at this point. So I don't think there's a ban coming soon. Do I think the engineering group has worked on maybe some drawings and some understanding of what would be required? Definitely. But at this point, I think it is just... Uh, I think it's just a, a, a Twitter headline today. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the show, Casey. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. good Casey's with us. So, uh, <laughs> hey, look, uh, we're special guest. Cool. Baby Very Green cool. is right with him. <laughs> yeah, so coming to you live from uh, my uh, grandmother and uncle's uh, Airbnb. Uh, we got held up by a very, very bad crash that FSD would have... Uh, uh -oh solved there was a uh, a pickup truck that uh, that crushed the rear end of a uh the 03 to 08 uh, not 08, 03 to 05 gen uh odyssey and funny story is as we came up on this crash that that autopilot would have solved uh policeman walks out in the street he's going like this and and the car stops a respectable distance from him waits he starts walking off and then he drops his hand and the car just speeds off wow yeah of course, of course, you were at the ready in case I was at the ready because might have happened. I thought something mm -hmm. was going to happen because you know, <laughs> the car is is a bit special. Um, earlier in the week, uh, it was trash day, and 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 the, uh, the the trash truck was in the road, but partially on the road, and he was doing the stops, picking up the trash, and everybody was going around safely. Uh, our car saw calls, cars oncoming. It waited for them to clear. It saw another car oncoming. It went around the truck, and then took off. <laughs> Safely, like the same way I would have done it. I was about to do it because I figured, oh, it's going to sit here and wait for the truck because it did wait for a bicyclist, which is the correct behavior. And um, 
for the bicyclists, it did eventually go around them, but it gave them a long time by themselves to to, to do what they wanted, which was their right. And the way it handled so, it. So lots of new situations being handled well by FSD in the past couple of days. Yes, and sometimes cool. it gets roundabouts correctly. Oh, yeah, we have roundabouts here, and it, it handles them great. Yeah. Oh, the first first one we encountered, it did perfectly. So it's like, oh, maybe they've solved it. And then the second one, it um, it changed lanes in the middle of the roundabout. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's a no-no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they have mm. dotted lines in a roundabout just to confuse us all. That's the way they yeah. do it. Exactly. <laughs> well, back to the uh, the van. The van, here. yes. Yeah. So uh, the van, it seems really interesting. Like I, I hope that it comes to be. Uh, like, like Mark was saying, I don't know that it's going to be anytime soon. But if they do, like all the other van makers, like Ford and Chevy, and build it on their truck platform, then they've got a head start. But if they do like everybody else and do it as a unibody van, it is nowhere near looking at happening. <laughs> I I just find this frustrating. Uh, if if they're they have a lot of people waiting for the Cybertruck. And yes. so to go and start teasing new vehicles when, uh, how long has it been since we've heard about the Roadster and the Semi and, and Cybertruck? They need to deliver those before they even start teasing anything else. Especially the Semi and the Roadster, I can see them doing what they do, but the, the, the Cybertruck also needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, there's, you know, you've got, you've got, Theoretically, millions of orders that are waiting uh, for the Cybertruck and combined. It uh, yeah. it's something that has to be done. It's yeah. I, I don't know. Is this a is this like a kind of a Wall Streetish move to you know just show the stock market that we're heading in different directions already? Uh, we're thinking about other things. We're engineering other things, even though we know the capacity is going to stop them from doing that based on the the number of batteries that they have. Yeah, the only way I see this making any sense, other than like you said, wetting the whistle for for the for the financial types, is if this thing will be based off the Cybertruck, and like just have a closed back instead of an open vault, and then just have swing doors. That would give them so much of a head start, uh, because unlike the Model S and Model X, which they thought would be, oh, it's just a, a bigger frame. No, no, no. But if you're literally just closing in the vault and then opening up opening up uh, barn doors or sliding door or whatever in the back, then that is actually what the way that Elon described how simple it would be to go from S to X. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure that more news will come to us uh, over time. So we will definitely keep our eyes and ears open on that. Speaking of eyes and ears open, um, Patrick's got a story about fobs. That is right. So yeah. if you have a, a Model S or X on order, you might not be getting a key fob with it. And uh, if you're a Model 3 or Y owner, you're like, what? why would I expect what's, that? What's a fob? <laughs> yeah, what's a fob? <laughs> you're only well, some, fob. Of them, some of them spent the $300 for the accessory. Correct, yes. So there's various versions of it. You can, you can get to get a key fob if you have a, a 3 or a Y. And now you're going to have to do the same thing with an S or an X. And, and I'm kind of of two minds on this. Um, so the, the S and X, are they're higher end. You're paying more for it. Um, so why are they shortchanging you on this little thing? That's one side. And then another part of my brain is like, well, if if this they had the option of either raising the price or doing this, and um, this way it's still available after you can you yeah. can buy it as an accessory. And I'd rather have them do that than raise the price on everybody. 
So yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of uh, uh, torn. I mean, like I've got uh, this right here, so I can just walk right. up and tap the car, and it and it and it works. So I, I, I end up I'm usually got my phone with me. So yeah, I'm with you on Model S. However, on Model X, that is a piss poor solution because you cannot use most of the functionality of the car from the app. Uh, <laughs> you cannot get in. I mean, the, literally, the only thing that will work for you is the driver's door if you have one that has self-presenting. But if this affects you, you will have self-presenting driver's door. However, the passenger door and both Falcon doors uh, are not in the app. And mm. so all you've got is the, the, the trunk. And then if you add a power frunk, that'll be a power frunk from the app. But uh, no, it's, it's, Model S needs to still come with at least one key fob standard. And then I understand charging you for the extra one. What if they were just to add it to the app, Casey? They put on the two gullwing doors or the two Falcon doors. Would that, if they were able that, to that add would, those would, few features, would that change they're, your mind? They're, ab they're able to, and it would make it less of a slap in the face. But um, as usual, when, when Tesla likes to cut stuff out to save money, they don't always fix it before they do it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody, we, 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 and they did the same thing they did with the lumbar and a bunch of other stuff that we all love. Yeah. Oh, nobody uses it nobody according uses to metrics. It. Yeah, who who doesn't use it according to metrics? The the, the Dagum app doesn't work on the Model S and the Model X. <laughs> I still go out every day and press the lumbar support on my passenger yes. seat just to just throw to sure. just to throw the figures off. Exactly. I um, like this feature. Like, I want to keep. Who it. is this Joker in Southern Ontario that keeps using his lumbar in his passenger seat? We told him nobody uses it, and yet he insists. <laughs> So yeah, if they were to add it to the app, then I would say you know then it, then it would be fine if they would give you just one key fob for Model X, uh, because if your hands are full, it is a lot easier just to reach down into your pocket or handbag and and and, and give a double tap on the wings because if you've got a handful of baby, you don't mm -hmm. have the hands to be fussing around with the phone. And the whole argument that Elon gave you is that hey, this opens in less room than a minivan, so who does he expect to have it? Mm -hmm. People who have their hands full. Sorry, <laughs> that's that's my that's my two cents on that one. Stop using baby green as a prop. <laughs> she started it. Uh, Are you done? Well, let's done? let's move on. Uh, this, of course, uh, is some great news for oh, those oh, order holders. Uh, Joel, Go ahead, Joel had a, Joel had a great point. It, it might not even be them being cheap. It might be. Uh, let me show this on screen here. Uh, I don't have the chat going for myself, so my responses will be auditory if they if they can. Uh, probably supply chain is the real issue, uh, but they should get better solutions when they cut out a device or feature. Yeah, like, it, like this point. should have been in the app before, like, and, and all the apps updated, Android, iOS, everything, before they said, hey, by the way, cars ordered after July 1st or delivered after July 1st, whatever the issue was, uh, won't have the thing in them. And and yeah. uh, I, I thought for a minute I'm like oh is this is ours going to suck like the uh, like the initial uh, Model Three fob did and then I remembered oh no they already have the fob they just have to sell us the fob from the parts department right <laughs> right because the car still has the receiver <laughs> exactly exactly yeah good point Joel thank you uh, outside of that uh, our next story is for those people we've been speaking about that have been waiting in line for that Cybertruck uh, Tesla has announced uh, that they are now are. Was it Tesla or were they uh, kind of uh, third-partied on this? Uh, it was announced that Tesla is starting to purchase Cybertruck drive unit uh, production equipment. So uh, this is uh, this is great news for those of you with a Cybertruck reservation. And uh, at this point, who doesn't have one uh, with a million-plus <laughs> orders? Uh, there is uh, 
again, we saw previously that uh, the steel was getting lined up through a third party company. They were building a, um, uh, a facility close uh, to uh, Giga Texas. And of course, we saw the uh, stamping machines uh, had, or the presses uh, were being purchased. And uh, the, um, it was actually assembled in Italy. And then we believe it's now being disassembled from that display and it's now being shipped uh, to Giga Texas. So here's some more evidence of uh, drivetrain units, uh, production equipment uh, that is being purchased and shipped uh, to Texas as well. So there's a lot of people, of course, uh, with the delays, um, there's a lot of people that you know have a bit of a negative opinion on this because of the delays that have happened uh, with the truck. Uh, but uh, product, at least we it. can see we can see some progress that yeah, they exactly. are planning on doing something. You don't start ordering uh, drive, uh, drive equipment uh, to build the actual drives uh, if you're not planning on going to production. So we're starting to get some of the puzzle pieces shipped in. The factory has recently been completed and now they're building those assembly lines and getting the equipment in as part of that assembly line uh, process. So uh, yeah. great to see this uh, starting to happen and even greater if you have one or more orders waiting. Yeah. And you probably don't even need 1% of that for, for crash testing. So uh, so one of the people I, I interact with on Twitter, follow friends, I don't, I'm not sure, uh, <laughs> it's been a couple of days, uh, did the math on, on, on what that would be. If they were all quad motors, it was over 100,000 trucks. And if it was a mix of quad and dual motors, then it was about 252,000 trucks in year one, according to that order. Right. Cool. Yeah. Next, uh, this is kind of interesting. This is uh, from uh, Giga Nevada. Uh, we've got a, uh, a photograph uh, that uh, I will share here with the audience. Let's go to share the screen. Boom. And Bing. there we go. Yeah. So uh, this is not only a picture of the parking lot, because no, that those are not Tesla white vehicles out there. <laughs> those uh, are Megapacks. Uh, $15 million dollars or billion dollars of Megapacks? Yeah, there's, there's quite a dollar amount just sitting in the desert sun uh, waiting to be shipped. So uh, you can also see uh, to the right here, you've got a 53-foot uh, flat deck or step deck trailer uh, yeah. ready to haul one of these away. So that gives a kind of scale. That's a 53-foot step deck. Uh, yeah. You can see the step right there. So uh, it's good to see that uh, this, um, this photo is showing a lot of inventory, as someone mentioned, uh, yeah. just sitting out uh, waiting to be delivered. So uh, this uh, is... Go ahead, Casey. When I first saw this photo, I was like, man, they're just letting a lot of that batteries out there just sit. And then I realized that, wait, no, um, not, I mean, they are sitting, but it's not as bad as, as, as I thought. Like, they're not deactivated. The um, Remember, these are self-heating, self-cooling units that mm -hmm. are outdoor rated for the high desert and, you know, near Arctic. So they're, they're, I bet you they all have half a charge and they're just sitting there maintaining themselves. <laughs> Yeah, they, they would have to be because, of course, that's going to be their job going forward, right? Uh, they may yeah. be sitting in uh, a jungle area in Hawaii, or yeah. they may be sitting in a dry desert, or they could be sitting in uh, in Alaska. So yeah. uh, they're, they are definitely rated for outside, so yeah. not a problem there. 
and the other thing is, is the other <laughs> thing is that some people say that you know there's uh you know why are they why are they keeping them all there why aren't they starting to ship them it's because of course there are timelines on both sides yes, right you've yes. got a you've got a utility that needs it at a certain time because they're clearing pads or places to put them and yes, they want them a in a certain a certain order and a certain mm -hmm. amount at a certain time so all exactly. part of the contract uh, Tesla, of course, is 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 waiting to fulfill those contracts. If they had the ability to ship them early, uh, I'm sure they would, because yeah. of course they get paid uh, as soon as they hit know, the ground on completion of that contract. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and, and as we've seen in the past, in the past few, some of these projects are really large, uh, like that one in California uh, yes. that uh, had happened. Uh, so this this is uh, not a surprise, and you've got this much inventory sitting out there waiting to go to another project. So yeah. another, I wouldn't another... say that these these are unallocated. Uh, it's just that where else would you store them after you build them, but outside right. where they're going to be uh, used anyways in that, exactly. in that fashion. So I have a question then. Um, so I, obviously I was half joking when I said they're seasoning out there, like uh, like iron pots. Uh, but maybe they maybe they really are. Remember that we we heard about those two uh, projects where uh, where a mega pack caught fire and they still went through anyway because it was only one unit out of hundreds. Uh, maybe they are also doing some testing there to make sure that um, hmm. that when they drop them on site to do the final test, that they don't have any more pop in the magic smoke. Possibly, possibly. Mm. Yes, we do. Well, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of smoke, get a load of this, guys. Uh, there was a uh, this caught my eye uh, on the uh, Twitter feed the other day, and I thought I'd share it with the audience. There was a uh, Model Three with a unique wrap that I have never seen one like this. And that is just, that is unique. Uh, are you sharing it? I don't see it. Yep. Yet. You're not seeing oh, it There yet? we go. Now I am. Yeah, I that's... hit the button, but it didn't take that I hit the button. <laughs> okay. okay. Pretty cool. The, the, back, the back didn't quite match with the front. I mean, I thought it was... No, the, the, back, the back is definitely unique. Yeah. Um, we'll, get the, we'll get the back again. Look at that, like zebra. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this has a very 1980s vibe somehow. Right, right, like a like a Lisa Lisa Trapper Keeper. Like I thought it was well executed. It's not for me, but it, I, I see that they, they they executed it well based on what I'm seeing and and uh, and, and and knowing about 1980s Trapper Keepers. <laughs> uh, I definitely tell you, you would have no problem finding us in the Home Depot parking lot if there was a row of, of white Teslas. Right. <laughs> that is spectacular. Uh, yeah. You know, again, it's not for me, but I love the originality of this. Yeah, I bet you there's going to be even more with Cybertruck because that one you don't have to go take it to a wrap shop. Like the, everything exactly. is a straight line and and it's stainless yeah. steel, so you don't have to feel bad. Like as long as you're not like sawing through it with like something that will cut steel, uh, <laughs> you just try it at home. And, and if if you really like it, and and you can take it to a wrap shop, say, hey, this is the design I've settled on. Now I want a pro to do it. <laughs> and, and I, I think the, I think the wrapping is starting to take on another level too, because people that are ordering the, the white uh, or the midnight silver, that is the free color. Uh, I'm thinking a lot of people are saying, man, like, uh, oh, here's a story. I drove by my local Tesla dealership. Yeah. No word of a lie. There's about 40 cars sitting in the lot, and about 29, 30 of them were white. And then there was a few colors spattered in between. So obviously white is the 
predominant color out there. So, <laughs> yeah. so, and it is beginning to be a problem when people are parking beside each other at malls and other places <laughs> that all these white Model 3s or, or uh, uh, Ys are just, they all look the same, right? Yeah. So yeah. spending an extra 1000 or maybe 1500 bucks 3, on a wrap yeah. <laughs> uh, is a great way to oh, wrap, individualize yeah, yeah. Uh, your vehicle. And, uh, and like Casey said, when it comes to the Cybertruck, uh, People be able to do it themselves, no problem with the flat angles. Exactly. But, uh, uh, David David brings up a good point about this particular one. Is like, does it does it do different stuff under a blacklight? That would be take sharp. it to a rave. Let's find yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> Hoist it up on cables like uh, Will Smith's song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, here's another interesting story. Uh, Tesla Semi uh, spotted on the road in California this time. Mm-hmm. Two of them together, uh, traveling. Uh, there was a, a short video of them traveling on a highway and uh, keeping a, a certain distance from each other. And, of course, uh, that uh, prompted speculation that uh, maybe they're working a little bit on the convoy mode, mode which we have not heard much about at all uh, since the unveiling of the convoy mode in uh, uh, when the truck was actually shown to the public. So... Uh, and of course, uh, if you don't remember, the convoy mode would allow the front truck to send a signal to the to up to uh, two trucks behind it to uh, allow them to follow at a safe distance uh, and also combine it for better fuel economy uh, because the front truck uh, is is being the wind deflector and within a certain range behind that truck and trailer. If you get another truck in it, that second truck uh, burns a lot less. Uh, energy uh to keep the speed so yeah. uh it uh it's something that uh will allow savings uh of the vehicles and at some point when autonomous goes through it may be the very start of full autonomy to allow a driver to be in the front and then two empty cab trucks follow the truck with the driver in convoy mode and uh be able to deliver three trucks as opposed to one truck uh, with just a single driver how yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Hold it to us too, yeah. That way, you so have that's... a responsible driver there in the lead vehicle making the choices, and the other ones uh, don't have to have as much intelligence to just be in follow mode. Right. Plus, and then if something FSD... does go wrong, there's a human on site. Right. And with FSD, exactly. they can they can they can space out more at a at a uh, on ramp, and they can cluster together uh, for for maximum fuel economy when they're not blocking something. And then mm-hmm. um, because we've seen how capable FSD is. You know, while it's on the highway and while it's getting around town, uh, as long as you know you say, "Hey, don't get more than a mile from the from the lead driver," uh, then he can be he or she can be responsible for for the other two. Exactly. So that's uh, that's something. Of course, haven't heard a lot about it. We still haven't heard anything about Pepsi or Frito Lay getting those first test vehicles. Right. That uh, man, that was back at the beginning of the year uh, yeah, when my, we heard. My... Pepsi's uh, administrator say we're getting a couple of them. Like uh, yeah. he had already announced that, I believe, in quarter four of 2021. So uh, they haven't gotten them uh, because, of yeah. course, the drone army has not reported that there's any <laughs> uh, semis, uh, Tesla semis, uh, charging at Frito Lay or picking up loads there. So, right. uh, and that's, uh, of course, in Modesto, California. Uh, so that that place is, 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 under surveillance, let's put it that way, uh, about 24-7, I would believe. 
Yeah, my theory with that one is that the, the trucks we're seeing now under testing, since they are newer than the last ones we saw, I think these are the Pepsi trucks. And then uh, Tesla took them and said, hey, you know what, we're going to take these trucks, if that's right with you, we're going to give you the better ones. We're going to finish up the last of the final testing with, with your trucks. And then uh, you'll still be first, but you're going to get some later units. And so serial number 1 through 20, you're going to get serial number 20 through 40. That must be a tough, a tough job for the Tesla employee that's yes. the liaison uh, to uh, to Pepsi, and uh, and and for him to get news from above that uh, oh you got to tell them it's going to be another delay of a month or another delay of a quarter or another delay like uh, man that's that's a brutal job in sales after you've made the sale yes. and uh, and then the uppers in your company are saying you know we got to hold off we can't we can't ship the product yet so. Yeah. Uh, that is no fun at all. Sure. Next, let's go. Oh, here's here's a cool story. So um, Sandy Monroe, of course, the teardown of electric yes. vehicles king, uh, has been uh, rummaging the country looking for any type of electric vehicle to rip into shreds on his <laughs> hoists. Uh, he was offered the ability to have uh, a Model Y, uh, 4680 from Texas. Uh, he bought it from someone in Florida. They drove it uh, back to, to uh, Detroit almost immediately, and they've started to roll out videos. So they're taking the car apart. Last week, we talked about them dropping the battery pack with the seats right out of the vehicle. They talked about taking the seats and stuff off, and they talked about the structure of the battery pack. They talked about the... Uh, the actual uh, powder coating, basically, of the uh, exterior of the battery that, that kind of confused them. And then they said they were going to start to tear into the actual pack. Uh, and um, they looked at it from the outside and said, you know what? We think this might be a problem because this looks really tight. And they're knocking on it and, and understanding that there wasn't a lot of hollow parts in the battery. So they, uh, they took the air chisel tools to it and they've started to rip it apart. And uh, they got uh, maybe a quarter or a third of the way in on both ends. And uh, they've discovered that this thing is almost bulletproof. They're having a real difficult time of peeling the cover back uh, and getting to the inside of the of this uh, actual pack. When right. they peeled the corners up on both the front and the back end, what became apparent immediately was a, a pinkish type foam yeah that is something that they haven't experienced before they've seen foam before but this is a different chemistry of foam where it is filled in all the nooks and crannies of this battery pack on the edges uh between the banks of batteries it uh, uh, along the top of them presumably along the bottom of them and uh they are having a difficult time in fact they put a video out which we linked to in the stories uh, where they uh, were saying, we we thought we would have this thing apart by now. Yeah. We are sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we have, you know, we now have hundreds of thousands of people that are bothering us every day as to, uh, well, why don't you just show it to us? So they're having difficulty getting yeah, this in a tease. They're not in it yet. Yeah. yeah. So, so the uh, other thing that's slowing them down is, you know, they do have to watch for the safety of their own employees. And so they're having, because they haven't opened it up to to, to, to to kill the thing yet. So they have to, you know, cover the contactors. They have to make sure there's no exposed wires. Yeah. And, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other thing that, this does right here—that's the does. worst type of video when you show that, that you've killed two employees trying to right. do it. Yeah. <laughs> trying to speed it up. <laughs> yeah. Come work for Monroe. We have two openings now. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the the other good thing that this photo and the video show is that um, there was a rumor saying that you know from folks who went to Giga Texas and other folks who had seen uh, photos of the battery like we saw in Germany last week with the solar trailer. Um, was that last week? Yep. Okay, uh, with the solar trailer, uh, they 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 it was actually a hiring event, and they they had some more forty six eighty packs, uh, not fully assembled in in, in that in that job fair. Uh, I don't know if it was actually meant to be a job fair, but that's why Tesla was there. Uh, and so folks are saying, oh yeah, see they they're not full of they're not full of goo. They are full of goo when they're for sale, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and it makes sense. So, I mean, this is a structural battery pack, so you want it to be solid. And um, having it full of goo, as you uh, eloquently put it, means that you have contact all around, and that's how you can wick away heat. And I'm sure that that's part of the function of this. You want to have as much contact as you can so you can be thermally conductive for cooling. Right. And if that's the third major structure in the car, you've got your front omega casting and your rear mm -hmm. omega casting, uh, and then you've got your battery. If 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 that third element is weak, that's where the bending is going to occur, and you don't yes. want it to bend under. Uh, the seats are bolted to the root to the uh, to the lid of this thing. You don't want it bending in the passenger compartment. You want it bending in the crush zones. <laughs> yes, exactly. And the other thing that became painfully apparent as they were trying to peel this cover back is that this is a non-serviceable battery pack. There is no way, like in the old Model S. Uh, that you'd be able to lower the battery down, take the lid off, and replace a row of uh, 4680s. That is just right. not going to happen. Uh, no these, modules. Yep. These these battery packs are built to be solid and stay that way all the way through their use case, and that's it. The next time yeah. that, that that case is going to be tore open is when it's at Redwood Materials and they're Inter trying to pull, pull the recycling uh, from that uh, particular pack. And, and what we've seen from Redwood is they're not even going to try to, to peel the cover off. They're just going to shred the whole thing. And, right. And then pull, the constituent, pull constituent bits yeah. out. Yeah. So this also means that for hobbyists and other folks, like the folks who want to use like uh, home-built power walls or whatever, um, you're not going to be able to part this thing out to do it. You're going to have to just mount the whole thing to your wall. And then hopefully uh, you can either just do what you need with the main lugs or you're going to have to be able to emulate what the car does talk to the BMSs and, and get the stuff in and out because if you're if you if opening it like they think they're doing will destroy it for any normal person or be super dangerous that that pretty much is the end of using Teslas for non automotive uses for non Tesla applications yeah unless you use the whole pack like you said yeah 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 because so, uh, uh, there were several conversions where people took the modules and rearranged them yeah. and did their uh, own things and Nexus yeah and yeah even threes right. yeah the three is harder mm -hmm. than the S and the X. But that's uh, those days are over. Now you just have to use the whole pack. Yep. And actually, <laughs> it's not your uh, wall. It's modern art. <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually, Sandy's group, of course, uh, is is designing a report about the differences between both Model Ys, uh, which they sell. Uh, I wish we to, could afford uh, that. Different clients, <laughs> and they are also, if you have some interest, uh, they have they are they are going to get out of that pink foam stuff. 
They're going to actually get down to the battery rows and they're going to be selling the 4680s uh, to people individually. So uh, that's part of the way they make their money back uh, from buying a vehicle and tearing it down, uh, yeah. selling some of the parts off. So they will be doing that as well. And I direct you to their website if uh, you would have interest in, in owning some of that memorabilia. And, and when you get there, the prices are going to feel high. Uh, there, there, are two, there are two reasons for that. Aside from the massive amount of labor that are involved, uh, there are less cells in the 4680 pack than there are in, in everything else. And you'll have a choice of pristine lab-grade cells ready to go and one with the pink stuff still on it. Uh, the ones with the pink stuff are for home use if you want to set this thing on your desk or your shelf and say, hey, this is cool, isn't it? Um, because the theory in that is that since they're still in the pink stuff, they're less likely to burn your house down. Uh, as where, Whereas the, the cleaned up, Foam removed ones, uh, those are for Tesla competitors, Tesla, uh, people who Tesla isn't giving the cells to, whether they're uh, working with them or working against them or alongside them, whatever, uh, but they don't have the cells. Here's here's your, your chance to get at one, but I have to buy the whole car or do this yourself. And you'll pay more because even more labor went into it. <laughs> exactly. So uh, very cool. I can't wait till they get it tear, torn apart and actually get right into the actual canisters uh, of the 4680s. Again, yeah. uh, probably similar to a V8 can that you would get at a grocery store yeah. uh, would be the 4680 size. Uh, uh, there but, there was uh, a, a Tesla channel, I think the limiting factor, I believe it was. They got into a 4680. I don't know where it came from. Uh, apparently Tesla uh, didn't stop them when they requested, um, hey, do you mind if we look at this? Um, right. He said he got it from Galileo Russell, but then Galileo Russell did not say where he got it. So. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So someone's doing some dumpster diving behind the Giga Texas. Be careful with that. Remember what happened to the guys with the iPhone. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Our next story comes from uh, Drive Tesla Canada, and this is kind of interesting. We have we have definitely talked about this subject many times. The V uh, four uh, supercharger, which we believe is coming, uh, may have the built-in CCS charger, the, the adapter. This is something that uh, is it's speculative at this point, uh, but uh, Tesla Drive Canada got a, I guess a, um, what would you call that? A, tip? a, a hint, uh, yeah. a tip that uh, this is going on. And and they, they didn't share a photograph of the actual unit because that would give away who leaked the information but what they did uh what they did do is they uh posted a uh, an image uh and explained how they believe it's going to occur and everybody knows that right now the current supercharger you take your handle and it just clips at the uh, top left hand side of the inside of the supercharger there's a little clip there mm -hmm. and it holds there and, and the cable hangs down around the bottom and then uh, plugs into the top. So what they believe may happen is that that particular handle, the, the one that comes with all Tesla chargers now, is going to actually clip into a CCS adapter that will fit around it. And that, in turn, will plug into the top of the supercharger just a little bit higher from where the current handle hangs. And the thought will be is that if you have a Tesla, somehow when you grab the handle, it's going to release it without the CCS charger. And that will still remain in the housing 
of the supercharger uh, top. Maybe but if you come to the that... supercharger and you need you need the CCS, you'll grab it and it'll come down with the adapter still attached. Right. Maybe and it'll be that muscle memory, like car. myself and so many other uh, owners I see. We click the button before we've removed it from the holster. Uh, so we're clicking the button to open the flap, and then boom, uh, one motion. So if if ever if 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 the statistics show that enough of them are like me, and we're pulling it before it's off. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So how would that station know what kind of vehicle is there? Because if, right. if you're if you're not a Tesla owner, you're not going to be pushing the button because your car doesn't doesn't respond to that. Uh, you will need to push the button to remove it, though. But but or, if you press the button regardless, then you then it would you still release. Time. Yeah. Yeah. You'll learn to stop doing that if you have a Ford or whatever. With a non-Tesla, you're probably going to have to use the app and request access anyway. Yeah, instead yeah, of, yeah. So True. maybe that you say what station you're at, and then it locks that on, and then you can yeah. take it. Because yeah, that's how it is in Europe right now. Well, they don't have adapters out there, but you have to say, if you're a non-Tesla, you have to say, uh, hey, it's me. Well, you don't say it's me, but you open up the app, and you say, I'm at station... Uh, uh, you say I'm at whatever station, and yeah, I'm at at, at five Charlie, and because these are all V3 stations, and it'll uh, you can plug in first, or you can plug in after, and it'll release the juice. But maybe after this, mm-hmm. uh, in America, <laughs> uh, North America, you'll or Japan, Korea, you'll you'll say, hey, I'm at station five C, and it'll kachunk lock onto there. And mm-hmm. if you're not opening an app first, whether you push the button or not, you just grab it and shove it in the car because you're a Tesla owner. Right. So this is, there was a real problem of how do we have an adapter and not have people steal it? Yep. And so this, if the adapter is locked into the charging station, unless you specifically unlock it, which then locks it to the cable. So right. it's, it's always locked to some Tesla property. You can't just grab it and run off with it. Right. And then if you, if you're one of them cable thieves who cuts the cable and steals it, then it just is <laughs> useless. And yes, Tassoon, we believe that Tesla will open their chargers to other EVs in Canada, in the United States, and in Mexico. We uh, believe that's soon. coming because because Elon had said it is coming. It's just the the timing is not known. Right. So that is something that uh, we're waiting two to weeks. hear. And of course, yeah, two weeks. <laughs> and and of course, uh, in uh-huh. in Europe, a number of countries have opened this up, and uh, I believe it's the Netherlands have put it at all superchargers. Right, right. Netherlands. So uh, other uh, European countries that select superchargers that allow non-Tesla EVs to charge at their stations. So yeah. it's summer, coming. Summer, it's summer, just summer, a matter. Summer. It's just a matter of when. And of yeah. course. The question was how, and that's what this story is is looking to address. How does someone use a, a car that has a CCS uh, plugged with a, a Tesla? So, yeah. the you know we've we've had uh, the, the other thought was maybe there'll just be two cables. Maybe there'll right. always be a CCS cable. Like it is in and a, a Europe on V two, yeah. Because in Europe V two, you get a CCS cable and a, and a, a Type two cable. Um, the the other thing that comes up there is is as you said, select stations. Uh, the, the folks in California are really, really apprehensive about this, this situation right now. But as you said with select stations, some of the stations are the whole station. Other stations are only some plugs. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if, if the some plugs or like as they A-B test this, maybe when it gets to California, it'll be oh, just some plugs. Because uh, right now, I bet you no matter how they actually do it, there's going to be a riot the day they announce it. But hopefully all of this testing and, and trialing and they, they added the cameras with the metal plaque uh, hopefully 
all of this will, will mean that the first iteration of doing it in America, doing it in California, uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and do you, you guys have a couple stations in Canada like that that are just always busy too, right? Like tourist towns. Yeah, yeah, well, yes. just not not to the extent, but uh, it's, yeah. it's it's definitely California and and uh, I would say Western Arizona are just off the scale uh, yes. when it comes to uh, charging. So, yeah. but then again, they have the most superchargers and they, they have the most cars. They so do. It, it, it stands to reason. Yeah, I, I expect that they're going to get something wrong. I guarantee you, they will very likely get something wrong because even though they've they've tried this, uh, the European mindset is not the same as as the U.S. and Canadian mindset. Uh, the Canadian, I might they might they might favor a little better if they start up there, I guess. Uh, but um, yeah, I, gonna, I have to say, I mistakes. have to say, living on the East Coast or not the East Coast, not, I'm more technically in the middle of the country, but yeah. I'm more Eastern than Western. But uh, I would say that. I've never run into the situation Same. except in Arizona or California. Uh, everywhere else, there might be a couple of vehicles there, and right. uh, there's there's never been an issue that I've shown up and can't charge because of, there's a lineup. That just I, I haven't experienced it. I saw that for the for the first time some congestion up here. Um, I oh. went to the there's a Tannisborn station. Um, it's near Highway 26. I was there on a Wednesday afternoon. It's got, I don't know, 12 stations, and like 10 of them were full. So uh, I was still able to, to pull in and plug in right away. Right. But uh, I was like, wow, this is that Wednesday the afternoon. Ever What's going it? on? Right. <laughs> yeah, that was the busiest. Yeah. They also had some um, uh, charge point stations there. So there were some non Teslas oh, that are charging as well. There you go. The closest I've yeah. ever been to that is a cabinet down situation. Like at, at uh, Savannah during the hurricane evacuation and recovery, uh, the evacuation was fine because everybody was going as soon as they could. Uh, but the recovery, everybody was trying to get back to work on time before they they got marked absent. Uh, <laughs> One day, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so uh, the cabinet down there ended up costing me uh, ten minutes, and then um, then the one I told you guys about at this Thanksgiving in Elizabeth, New Jersey, where I cut the line, uh, that was a V three cabinet down. So that was four stations, uh, four four st uh, stalls down. Um, those were the only times I had to wait in line where I wasn't towing a trailer, and, and like like uh, like. Um, uh, Patrick had where they're 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 I, I get to some stations where they're so full that they set your limit to eighty percent, but mm -hmm. but they're not they're not to the point where I'm waiting in line. I, I did see the other day uh, myself and one other person in in the Maryland club. We got the redirected to another another station uh, message because the one we'd picked or the one the car had picked uh, was going to be full when we got there. But uh, again, the, like I kept saying, you know that we're so lousy with stations. It's just awesome that that, yeah. that they can reroute you and you still have plenty of range to get to the next one. It's just yeah. That's the way it's put. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Shout out to my Tesla week. Shout out to my Tesla weekend. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Sorry, Patrick, to cut you off. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's really cool that the software in the car is smart enough to realize, oh, it's going to be full by the time you get there. So let's send you somewhere else. That's just great. That's smart programming, and you want a good user experience, and that's the kind of stuff that gets you there. Yeah. Another update on on superchargers is that uh, the supercharger in Lexington. Kentucky uh, oh. has received a Starlink uplink. So that oh, just nice. happened. Uh, that is a supercharger that I myself have visited probably four times. Uh, so they have now received uh, an uplink uh, for our Starlink. So if you happen to be there, check it out. I believe it'll be under the service network uh, that uh, you typically see when you're at a Tesla location. So same, really? uh, same login. 
It'd be really cool, that, like you said, if it is already set up as as if it's a service access point. The car already knows what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who who doesn't have a, a, a connection at home, they get their updates. Any car with FSD mm-hmm. rolls through and, and dumps all of its data to the to the uh, pre dojo and dojo system, <laughs> and then you keep on rolling. Yeah, right. Yeah, and hey, maybe you can even like uh, stream Netflix or whatever, even if you didn't have premium uh, connectivity. If you park, yeah, that, that would be, be interesting cool. to know. Cool. Or if you do have premium connectivity, then and. Because like like uh, this area I'm at now is one bar no matter what so like even the car's mm. connection was mm-hmm. slow even though uh, it says LTE five G whatever even when it has up to three bars the latency is just terrible like but it does mm. download once it gets started so uh, something like that like if you're in a, in a in a spot that's covered with that kind of coverage then uh, even if you're on premium it should go over the service network like it does at the service right. center yeah but that would be great other... a, a, a great um, a, a great uh, customer service way to, like you said, if, if even if you're not a premium customer, but it acts like you're parked on your home Wi-Fi, even though it's a mm-hmm. service, that would be a good. That would be ideal. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. Sorry. And uh, even um, uh, one other piece of information about superchargers, Aptera, which of course is the group yeah. that's producing yep. uh, a vehicle that Casey at some point is going to get. Yeah. Uh, they um, they went on Twitter and pushed out again that uh, that. The uh, Tesla Charger is the way to go. Uh, the style, the design over CCS, uh, over J1772, they're saying that that is the best solution. Well, the back, of the, the back of the, this is my microphone, just like Patrick's, uh, the, 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 my road microphone, not road, but the road microphone I use on the road. Um, <laughs> the back of their car is this, is this tall, so they don't really have a choice to use CCS. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they they have been uh, vocal about uh, asking Congress to make a change uh, to the standards uh, that are currently out there. I think they're going to have a hard time doing it. Uh, yeah, they good have, luck with that. They have. I agree with them, but good luck senators with that. that don't like Elon. That this, uh... Uh-huh. they have they have produced a a page where uh, you can go in and and state that uh, you're on board with it. Uh, you can definitely see the links uh, in the Twitter feeds. So it's out there if you want to uh, participate in that. But uh, yeah. yeah, we think thinking that's going to be a bit of an uphill battle. Yeah, it's such uh, a also, much, much more elegant, eloquent uh, handle. And it works for it AC and DC. It does. Uh, it, yeah. I, <laughs> I would, I I would like why. to see personally the, the, the something like the Tesla handle, preferably the Tesla handle, and then whatever Tesla and the others are doing for MCS um, on the trucks. Because I would... Love to see the truck stay at megawatt and not have to come down to whatever the system can handle. And everyone out there, if you haven't already, do what Anders has said and uh, give us a thumbs up if you haven't already. Uh, that's going to help us out. Press that subscribe button. Uh, that helps us out as well. Doesn't cost you a dime and helps get us in front of more people. So also we can through the bring week, the message. If- Yep. Of a future free from from fossil fuels. Yes. (laughs) Not so subtle hints. Yes. So uh, the other thing is that uh, if you Mm. want to follow what's going on throughout the week, you can always connect with us through our Twitter feed at the Tesla Life or our Facebook feed, which Patrick uh, monitors for us. And we thank him for that, uh, which would be the Tesla Life numeral one. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook. And of course, we thank Casey each and every week for getting this mobile connection up and running. And today, super mobile connection as uh, Casey's traveling across the country and still able to get us live. We appreciate that. And right on time, too. I, I did not expect that to happen. I actually called Mark and left a message like, I'm going to be late. Oh, my goodness. First time ever. <laughs> <laughs> that one bar was strong today. But, That's uh, right. I saw the comments that there was 
a little stutter in the audio, and I apologize for that. No problem. Also, um, uh, the the next story we have is about more 4680s. Uh, so Panasonic, uh, which of course is a is a Tesla uh, partner at this point. Uh, yes. They're they're partnered in Gigafactory Nevada. Uh, has indicated that, yes, they are going to be making 4680s. They've already sent samples to Tesla to review uh, what they're able to come up with. But in today's uh, note, uh, they have indicated that they are actually going to build a new battery plant, and they have picked the the state of Kansas for the uh, location of this new uh, plant to make 4680s. Nice. So... uh, you may ask, why on earth would uh, Panasonic not just use their existing factory in Nevada and uh, maybe add an extra, extra building to the Gigafactory there or put in some extra lines and produce the 4680s there and ship them all over the country? And uh, the answer, of course, uh, as we have uh, believed for some time, is that lack what of employees uh, is <laughs> yeah. the problem. They're having a difficult time uh, getting people to move out uh, to uh, Reno, Nevada area uh, to live. An hour uh, from Reno. It's like, hey, this is already from outside Reno. Yeah, let's go further. It's not too far far outside of Reno. I've done the drive between Reno and Gigafactory until they stopped me at the gate and said, you've got to turn around now. (laughs) Around, sir. uh, It it wasn't too bad of a drive. Yeah, (laughs) it was not too bad of a drive. And, uh, but, they're having difficulty. They're not. They're not able to get the number of employees that they thought they could. Uh, you know, land might be cheap, and it was. It was a good thought, but uh, you need uh, you need people to run a factory, and uh, and that is not an option going forward uh, for Panasonic. It appears. Yeah. And Oklahoma gets hosed again. Oh man. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious now um, if it's a little closer to Texas, but no, nah, we're going to Kansas. <laughs> right. But, but cycling, cycling to, to attach this to one of our previous stories, uh, we saw that field full of, or not field, the parking lot full of, of mega, mega packs. Um, mm-hmm. When the mega pack factory comes online, will, will the Giga One still make, um, will it still make mega packs? Hmm. I guess I guess that depends. It depends if if they have capacity to do it in two spots. Yeah. It also depends as if they if do they have the employees to do it in two spots. So right. yeah, if if you build it in Kansas and you've got you know access to new employees like they did in Austin, they they understood the mistake. They said, you know what, Austin is a is a huge growing populous area where we can pull in because we're right close to downtown. Yeah. We're close to the airport. We've got they've got the demographic of employees all around us. We should be able to pull them in and they can work and, there. And labor. Yeah. So, so it's now it's, you know, now it's a balancing act. Uh, we can't just build it where the land is cheap and we can get it. We have to build it where it's, it's economical to build it. Plus we have access to a more and more employees, education systems, and in places where people want to live. So. Yeah. Or they is, could call it a new way. <laughs> they could. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so uh, hockey day uh, redwood redwood is located in colorado oh mm. yeah they're, so they're going to be like a defense contractor they've just got stuff everywhere <laughs> around the world yeah yeah that would make sense wherever um the battery you don't want to have to ship the batteries all to colorado to do recycling so my guess is they're going to start building 
locations and in, in other spots as they grow. Yeah. And, and uh, with um, this Kansas site, I don't think Panasonic's going to stop any place that they already have going. They're, Probably they're, not. We, yeah, there's just such a demand for batteries yeah. uh, going forward. If we want to move off of fossil fuels to a future free from fossil fuels, then uh, we're going to have to have battery packs to do that. And uh, I mean, I'm running off my the batteries on the side of my house right now. As, yeah, and my whole office is running off solar right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this is a cool. solar it collected earlier today because when I'm not here with the laptop, it, it the solar can actually keep up. Uh, the other thing that like Mark mentioned, like why don't they just put it in, in, in Giga Nevada? Uh, you'll have to, even if you're not putting it on the same line, you still have to shut, shut stuff down um, to, to, to get it in there if it's going to be in the same room. Or like you said, to, to build a, finish building it out, that does disrupt the existing operation. And then on oh, top yeah. of that, can you get anybody to actually work your new expansion? Um, that's another yeah. consideration. That is the boat they are in. But uh, hopefully, again, based on the last uh, uh, creation of Gigafactories, it looks like they've learned from their issues in the past and they're evolving as time goes along. So not only in just the cars or the issues they've run into with the uh, vehicles themselves, but uh, with the factories, with the lines, uh, with all of it. So It is interesting that they didn't partner with Tesla like they did in Nevada Sparks, um, where they took a portion of Tesla's facility uh, it's it is interesting that they're not doing that this time and uh, you know taking one corner of uh, uh, Giga Austin. Well, they've got that whole corporate uh, uh, mindset, very much like a Toyota. They're very slow and conservative, and and, and I bet you that they uh, we we've only heard of a of a handful of of the clashes that they had at at Nevada. Imagine mm-hmm. what we didn't hear uh, with, yeah, with this exactly. very fast moving, uh, move fast and break stuff company versus this, hey, why don't we make sure it's working company? Uh, yeah. yeah. Different, sparks. different mandates. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, They should own their own destiny, so it makes sense. It does. Yeah. Well, with that, we want to thank everyone for watching this evening. Um, Casey, any uh, shout outs uh, from the uh, vacation home? Uh, so we had a vacation show here uh, in the in the uh, I don't know it's not really a cabin it's a whole house um, on on Sunday <laughs> and then when I get back on Sunday assuming that uh, that everything's in, in tip top shape we're gonna have another uh, chat on um, Sunday at one ten p.m. Eastern and I had planned to do a supercharger review but that crash uh, made it so we had to bypass the supercharger so. Um, I'll have to at some point work on the ones I already have recorded and get them out instead. <laughs> So you're you're unloading the pedal bikes from the back of the Model X, and you're going to pedal charge the vehicle overnight, right? That's, that's the plan. Uh, it's got a granny lead at, here at Granny's house, and so um, I, I might plug it in, or I might just wait till I go over to her uh, her inn and and plug in on the Tesla destination charger there, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But you can catch it at YouTube.com/slash Casey Green. That's K A C E Y G R E E N, and uh, we got good stuff for you. Very good, very good. Patrick, anything to share with us this week? Oh, yeah, I got a few shout-outs. So uh, I first want to thank you guys for covering for me last week. I wasn't here. Casey got my tagline in, the uh, and uh, <laughs> Baby Green helped out covering some of the stories I would have normally covered, or mostly just <laughs> yeah. whining. I'm not sure which. But <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for covering that. Um, I have a 2016 Model X, so I have MCU1 in there, and uh, Green the Only – Uh, tweeted out how uh, MCU1 is getting some love and said that uh, some of the um, 
what did you, how did you put it exactly? Non-compute intensive features yes. uh, <laughs> would be coming to MCU one. So I said, Oh, cool. Does that mean MCU one's going to get waypoints? To which no. the answer was no. That's, that's <laughs> compute intensive. Actually, it, it, it kind of is. My machine kind of chokes every time I tell it I want to edit my troop. Uh, well, <laughs> MCU yeah, two point five doesn't seem like it should be. It's it's simple, you know, <laughs> map navigation stuff that they do also well. Uh, but I did it uh, back in ninety eight with my little Philips Nino CE. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. It should not be that compute intensive. And then, of course, because it's Twitter, I got ridiculed for even asking such a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go for a version 2020 <laughs> to 2022, right? Or did you get a 2021 update? Um, I did just get an update last night, and I haven't, uh, I didn't, I work from home, so I haven't been in the vehicle yet. I'm not sure which version it is off the top of my head. Yeah. But I mean, uh, um, yeah. I know for a good portion of 2022, a lot of, or 2020, either way, there were, there were folks that were getting uh, last year's version in, in either this year or last year, uh, quarantinium. Uh, so I'm curious if, if you're going from 2020 to 2022 or 2021 to 2022. Uh, My uh, guess can... is that Patrick gets the brand new game X's and O's. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> not High tech. It's not, yes, yeah. <laughs> Although at the end of War Games, they got really into that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then so uh... my last shout out is going to be to Reverend Yearwood. And um, I don't know if you guys have uh, seen this, but he recently gave a keynote speech at the fourth roadmap conference. So this is an EV roadmap and uh, people from all over the industry, all over the country, all over the world come to Portland for this annual event. And the, the uh, talk he gave was incredible. It, it talked about how um, to have a movement, you have to bring everybody along with you. If, if people are um, concerned with, their neighborhood isn't walkable and doesn't have grocery stores. They're not going to want to hear about charging stations right. and how uh, in, in underserved areas, it might be easy to just skip them over because it would be difficult to do things there, but then you're not building the coalition that you need. And uh, it was, it was a great talk, uh, very inspiring. And then he ended it by saying that uh, Dr. King's um, speech uh, his, his most famous speech uh, was 60 years ago. Uh, uh, next year will be the 60th year anniversary. And uh, the, the cool thing was he said, and for 60 years from now, instead of just being able to say free at last, I'm hoping that we can say fossil free at last, free at ah, last. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this guy just won. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've shared that on our uh, Facebook page. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's a cool talk. You should check it out. And uh, that's the, my uh, shout outs. Thanks. There you go. Very good. Very I've got good. one more uh, programming note. Uh, uh, for those of you that uh, that miss stuff and, and and would like to listen in the car or while you're at work, we do have a podcast, and um, well, it's this show. So if if you if you want to hear us twice, that's great. If you don't, uh, but basically, uh, the, the the show note is that um, uh, we've we've streamlined that process. Uh, it's usually, it gets up the same night, uh, but uh, when it doesn't, you sometimes see two or three shows. Usually, only two. Uh, we'll hit at the same time, like basically as fast as I can get them uploaded and processed on there. Uh, but uh, for those of you who may have noticed, there were hiccups uh, there. They've been worked through, and, and they'll generally show up a few minutes after the show, uh, maybe even today with me being on the road like this, but we'll, we'll see. Very good. We appreciate that. 
And we thank you all for watching or listening today. And uh, we look forward to getting together next week. And together we will find out what is going on in the Tesla life. Yes. And uh, thank you, Lee Moon, for giving us the music every week. Uh, my server, even though I'm on the VPN, is not giving me the copy of the music. So uh, <laughs> if you get this thing for it. Negative. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. Good night. Bye.